This is the Business Storytelling Show, a top global marketing podcast listened to in more than 100 countries, live streamed on social media, and broadcast on DBTV. Christoph Trapp chats with industry leaders to help your company tell better business stories. Here's today's episode. Hey, 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 Business Storytellers, episode 640 on deck. Really appreciate you guys tuning in two episodes today. Why not, right before the holiday break here, talking to all these awesome guests. Today, we're talking to Greg Stewart. He's the CEO at MMA Global. And his opinion is that most of us marketers don't know what the heck we're doing. So I don't know. I'm going to take it personal. Uh, but we will find out what he's talking about. Why is that? What's the role of AI? As all of you know, I love using different AI tools. Use them all the time. In fact, we're going to cut up this episode after the fact um, on Opus. So if you if you uh, scan that code up there, you can give them a try. They create awesome sound bites. So let's get Greg out of the green room. I'm sure he's enjoying the free drinks. But I want to find out. What makes him think that we don't know what the heck we're doing? Greg, welcome to the show. Christoph, appreciate it, my friend. Listen, uh, I think actually when I said we don't know what we're doing, I think I used an expletive. So just, you know, you you missed the emphasis that I put up, but that's okay. It's uh, The point's you, still made. <laughs> you can use that if you like. Be my guest. We do have to mark this as ex- No, uh, I'll try to, to, I'll try to ex- keep you out of the content management. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they hold it against us too much, but who knows? But who anyway, knows? I appreciate you coming on. And so tell me about that. What's your, and I mean, I'm not saying I necessarily disagree a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. but yeah. is it everybody? Does everybody, there's yeah. all the marketers, nobody it, knows what they're doing. Why, it, why is that? It, it is everybody here. Let me, let me, let me reposition it though a little bit. So listen, I am a nonprofit trade association here for the greater good of major CMOs including the likes, my board includes the likes of everybody from Visa to AT&T to General Motors to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. What there are is that it's not that we don't know what we're doing, is that I don't think we've perfected the craft. I don't think we've sort of managed to assess all the dynamics of the insight and knowledge that we need to have and can have to be better at what we do. And so it's as much a lack of training and a knowledge gap. It's not that we don't know what we're doing. We know the best that we can for where we are now, but we can be better. You know, I, I, thank you for clarifying that and expanding on that because so like the knowledge gap, it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know, I guess, or how do you know, even, right? Or how yeah. do you even know what to focus on and, and, and where to go? So where do you see the shortcomings currently yeah. in marketing? What are people not... Uh, what are the, some of the common issues you see? There's a couple of areas where MMA really focuses. We get very fixated on measurement and attribution, focus on marketing org, uh, data and customer experience, which, by the way, the leading uh, marketing strategy of the future is customer uh, experience. Just I can talk more about that. And AI. So we tend to pick areas that we think can have in tremendously high impact on marketing's impact on the business. And we both uncover, discover, discard areas within that that marketers know. And sometimes, just to be clear with you, sometimes it's gaps in our knowledge. This is the one that bothers me most. There are things that we think we know that just aren't so, Christoph. And that kind of bullshit's got to stop. The challenge we run into a little bit is I think most marketers are pretty articulate. They're gifted verbally. And they can explain anything. Doesn't mean it's fact. 
Yeah. That, it's an interesting yeah. statement because, I mean, I do the same thing, right? I come on here and I just play back your statement like that's that's how it is, right? Like this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it, I mean, I'll say it very convincingly whether I'm right or wrong. Um, yeah. But, you know, let's talk about those three areas. Hey, hey Christoph, can I tell you a funny story on that side? So I, I used to, this is a really funny one, just uh, I used to be at YNR many years ago, right? And I had a boss who used to scream at me all the time. Just, it was his style. And his his basically thesis was that when the client was in the room, you had to give him an answer, right? Hmm. And so we had a phrase that we used to call it, which was "be wrong but be strong." <laughs> so unfortunately, that's emblematic of the problem. <laughs> so I learned under you know the training of that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do for for making marketing better. Whatever you know, and and I've actually I'm very familiar with that model as as well. But how? Why does that even happen? Is it just because we have to show yeah. the strength and that we know what we're doing, or why? Why is that a thing? Okay, I gave a talk. I opened up. We do an event in Miami now. It's called the Possible Event. We believe eventually it will be the largest marketing event in all of the Americas, maybe worldwide, right? And I opened that event with a thesis that marketing is where the medical profession was in the mid 1800s when they thought bloodletting was a good idea. And, and let's remember here, Christoph, just to be fair, the medical profession thought that bloodletting was the right cure, was the right both health development and cure for what ailed you for a couple of thousand years, as far back as Socrates and, 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 uh, and, and um, Hippocrates too, by, by the way. So, so it, it wasn't like there isn't some foundation in that. And, and if you may or may not know, George Washington, our, our first president here in the U.S., died of bloodletting. They drained his blood. They thought they were curing him. They killed him. Okay. So that's where the medical, that's where the marketing profession is. We just, there's just too many things that we believe that sound good that we've never really assessed or, or debriefed on. And I can give you a bunch of examples of that that would be helpful. Yeah, go for it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one is that... Um, I talk to you know, at least 100, 150 CMOs a year, right? And I've not once had one in the last three, four years not tell me that the dynamics between long and short term, that there's tension within the marketing org around long and short term, between performance and brand marketing is usually how that gets sort of expressed. And everybody, so I mean, really, not one doesn't tell me it's a topic there. We don't know the answer to that question. And so know. is that, so I, I was kind of waiting. <laughs> the reason it took me a second to come back because I was like, I'm waiting for the answer. What's the answer? So the answer okay. is we don't know. Um, the answer is how- that we, we don't have data. There is no off the shelf methodology to measure that. And that question is not, a, that's not a go to Mars cold fusion problem. Like we have to create new science. That's simply a math problem. We've never accumulated the data in order to do it. So we heard this problem about four years ago. We heard about a pre-pandemic and we would have been ready with this research um, during the pandemic, but obviously shut it down. You can't do long-term research in the middle of a pandemic for sort of maybe obvious reasons. At least that was our decision. So we built a methodology, raised a couple of million dollars, and we now have been in field with two brands, Kroger's and Ally Financials, Ally Bank. And we now understand that when you invest in brand today, what is that worth over time? And we built a brand new, very complicated methodology using multi-touch attribution. And by the way, just, just so your listeners know, I, I'm not going to sell you brand versus performance studies. I don't do that. I'm a trade association. I'll, I'll work with a brand if they want to do it. We might do a public study around it, but that's all I do. 
in this case, I might actually license this techno this this methodology off to somebody because I think it's there's a need in the marketplace for the reasons I mentioned. It doesn't exist, but we now know because of a unique, never be done before approach. If you gain a hundred dollars, for example, in brand today, I can tell you under some limited conditions. I don't know everything yet that that is worth maybe additional $150. So it's two and a half X. There's a, there's another thesis we're working with that we've seen in some of the data around one of the studies that suggests the multiplier might be as high as $5. So now I can go to the CFO and I can say, listen, I, I know you CFO, maybe don't believe in brand. That would probably be kind of common. They're always a little suspicious of that kind of thing, but we can now say, here's the economics. So can we wait? And, and invest in brands so we have a greater future? Or do you need me to run short-term now? But now the CMO is co-investing decisioning with the CFO. And, and that's never been possible. It's always been us just kind of making stuff up and hoping they believed. Yeah, it's very true. It's very interesting that it's still such a challenge. I mean, there's plenty of brands out there that have proven that brand marketing works and content marketing oh. works, and performance marketing yeah. works, but I'm there's no question that brand worked. I mean, it shows up as an intangible in the balance sheet. So we've validated it financially, but does the CFO, does she or he know how to actually invest in that with returns? I'll give you another data point. What I just told you, the $1.50 to, to maybe as high as $5. And, and again, we're gonna work under different conditions to different brands, there's a lot of still work to do, but it's the beginning of that of that knowledge. Well, and, and that's a fact. That is, I measured individuals' media exposure their brand attitudes and their sales performance over an almost one year period. Okay. It's same people. That's what's never happened before. Okay. Um, what we believe and have projected out now based on the early view of this data is that brand over a two year period, this is what we believe. We don't know for a fact. We believe that over a two year period will out deliver performance by plus 40%. So again, you go to the CFO and say, do we have the patience to make next year 40% higher? Or do I need to deliver short-term results now? Because I can do that, but now I've got tools in a toolkit that tell me how to adjust and change. We've never, we've, and that that is a data we've never known ever. It's just very interesting. I'd be interested to see that data if you would be yeah. so kind and share share whatever you have. Ha or happy to. I'm a I'm a trade group. I make this kind of stuff available. I talk about it at the possible event that I do. I talk it at my yep. COCMO summit that I do. I mean, you know, we have it in in, in discussions. In fact, I'll tell you. Actually, I just realized. We actually are, I think we're releasing the most recent view of that at a webinar. Shoot, I think it's January 24th, but I'd have to double check myself on that. It's called Brandnomics. Is okay. we've now given awesome. it a label what we're doing. Yeah. But first time that's ever, cool. first time in the world, first time ever, Chris. I mean, that's the issue. I'll tell you what else I could do. I can tell you too now what changes in the marketing org will boost sales and what will lose money, lose revenue, lose revenue just by the organization design. And that's that also never been done. That was a team of professors, the lead guy named Dr. Omar Rodriguez based out of Emory University. We now understand that question that we didn't before. And this is my point. Like, I think that just the agencies, the brands themselves, the consultancies were never, they're, they, they're just not set up to take a long-term view and, and nobody else has stepped forward like we have to try to answer what we think are these very major questions in an unbiased way. I have no ax to grind. I'm not selling marketing org solutions. I'm not selling brand as, we call it brand as performance as a series. Well, I'm not selling these brand 
versus performance studies. That's not my that's not my goal. That's not what I do. I, I might productize it against somebody else, but that but you know that's fine. That's out of my hands at that point. Yeah, got it. Um, you know the three things you mentioned earlier: customer experience, attribution, and AI. I mean, yeah. we probably don't have time to go very deep into each, but we're sure. about halfway through here. Um, the one you don't hear come up too often is customer experience. Kind of, let's dive yeah. into that one for a couple of minutes and tell me how that fits in. Yeah, I'll tell you why that's important. So there are basically, so here's what the industry, and this could be a whole longer conversation. I'll keep it short. What the industry has never agreed to, there are three basic marketing strategies and there's only three. Stop coming up with a bunch of other bullshit, everybody. One is transactional, generally typified. Now what we call direct to consumer. The second one is brand. Obviously, everybody understands the value of brand. That's Procter & Gamble. That's the world I grew up in. And then the other one is customer experience. We have now, through working with this team of professors that did the org work, have actually done the regression analysis to figure out, well, which of those are producing the best financial performance today? And it's 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 not 100% conclusive, but it's pretty clear that customer experience is the winning market strategy. If you'd asked that question, we're pretty confident 15, 20 years ago, it would have been brand and marketing brand advertising. And so listen, but the world's gonna change. AI, maybe that world's gonna shift a little bit. I can talk about thesis around some of that, but this idea that customer experience is the winning marketing strategy, big deal. And by the way, just when I give those three marketing strategies, doesn't mean you have to do yeah. one or not and not the other two. You could do a combination. You could be customer experience and brand. You could be direct to consumer and brand. It's a little more unusual. So there's different combinations of that, but there are really three core marketing strategies. And the issue is that you gotta make sure you have the right CMO, really important. That's what most CEOs screw up. We see that again and again and again. But then also you have to build the right capabilities to align to that marketing strategy. And that's what marketers have never had at a tool before. Let's dive into that for maybe uh, 45 seconds here. Now I'm on my TV. Oh. I got my TV hat on. <laughs> yeah. I want to fit all this stuff in, Greg. Let's get it I done. Know, I know. Um, so much good stuff, really. So really quickly, what does the right CMO, what does that person look like in your opinion? Oh, boy. it's it's it, That's wrong. So listen, funny story. I had a closed door meeting about six years ago when we were kicking off the market org. We opened, and by the way, in the room was the CMO of General Motors, Chobani, Duncan Brands, T-Mobile, Allstate. You get the list, right? Closed door session. And we said, guys, let's have just a 10-minute conversation about what is the role of marketing? What is the role of CMO? Christoph, after one hour, we realized nobody agreed. So if we're not, I know, you should laugh. If we don't agree amongst ourselves, what is the role of marketing? And we can't articulate that to the CEO, the CFO, and the board, that's where conflicts arises. And so what you have is you have people saying, you know, you people, you would never go and say, oh, go get me a tech guy or gal. You would say, I need somebody who knows Ruby on Rails. I need to understand back end. I need to understand front end. You know, there's a variety of different qualifiers we use. Marketing somehow has not distinguished itself. So we bring in these star celebrity, you know, C CMOs who then fail because they don't have the right capability. One, they haven't gotten alignment amongst the C-suite about what's the go-to-market strategy. And understand what that says. Like take Razors, for example, right? You've got Gillette and Harry's, exactly the same damn product, but totally different go-to-market strategies. One's direct to consumer, one is brand. We, so the, the base this is my point. The basics marketing as an industry hasn't hasn't agreed, which is what the medical profession had to get its arms around. 
which is why then they ultimately went out and created like, let's professionalize doctors. Let's make sure they're really well trained. Let's make sure they understand the basics. Let's make sure they're not killing people. Let's make sure they have the right processes and procedures. And that's a profession. Marketing's not really a profession, I'm afraid, it seems, maybe. It's, it's so interesting. I mean, and then when, when I just heard you talk and, you know, listen to you go through the whole spiel there, I'm thinking, and then they have short-term goals that they have to hit today. Of course, nobody can succeed because it's just a mess yeah. and it's impossible and nobody agrees. Yeah. And it's like, how do, how do I reach the goal with my podcast if I don't even know what the goal is or how to reach Cor the right people or how to get the right guests? I mean, it's impossible. Cor Correct or do the right measurement. You listen, you know, listen, we, we survey this every year. There's still a lot of markers who believe that last click attribution is a good idea. And last, and by the way, I wrote the global impression measurement and click guidelines for the industry 20 years ago when I ran the IAB. So I set up this disaster that we have today. Last click attribution is the dumbest measurement in the world. I could go on and give you stories ad infinitum about why that's such a bad, both why it's a bad idea and just horrible stories I've heard within companies. And yet still we use last click attribution as some measure something. It has no relationship to salespeople, none whatsoever. Knock it off. Well, it's easy to measure. That's why people want to measure. It's that's easy to measure. It. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't justify stupid Christoph. That's the thing. And <laughs> we, as and, 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 and the problem is in here, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm being a little hostile to marketers. I should probably be careful. They are my members. The issue is, and by, and by the way, I'm a marketer too. So just, you know, I'm in this camp too. I've had to learn this stuff. And that's, it's kind of why I think I run the MMA is because I've been both um, concerned about my gaps in knowledge and the decisions I've made on behalf of marketers that just aren't right. I mean, listen, I founded multi-touch attribution. Rex Briggs is the guy who did the methodology in that. Then I made it the popular sort of methodology back 20 years ago, you know, made that come to fruition as a way we've got to measure stuff. I mean, still only 52% of marketers use multi-touch attribution. It's crazy. It's crazy. You have to use MTA. There is no other better way to measure marketing media. And you need to do it because there's big gains to that. So I don't know. Whatever. <clears throat> Very interesting. Um, flying right through things here. Let's talk about sure. AI for a moment. Yeah. Uh, what is the role of AI? And I'm a big, big fan. I try to use it big fan. Um, appropriately. I guess that might be the right term right now. Yeah. It's not going to replace me. Um, but, you know, I've, I've created deep fake of myself. This is me. I'm I'm in a sling. Um, I move my arm. It's going to hurt. But I try the listeners don't things, right? the listeners don't know I asked whether or not this is because you had to hit a guess. That's what I was concerned about when I came on. So I'm a little well, worried here. You know what? Back in the day we did on-site podcasts and now we do all virtual. So oh, the only thing I'm gonna be hitting is that camera, man. which I can't even reach. But AI, <laughs> tell me the role yeah. of AI. What's uh what's I think it's the thought? most important I think it's the most important revolution we're ever gonna see in marketing. This is it, everybody. Game on. Let's go. Let's go. And I'll tell you why I think I know that. We yeah. have been now over a year running a series of studies under a project we call Consortium for AI Personalization. It was brought to me a guy who saved a bunch of lives using this approach in the vaccine adoption, by the way. And here's what we know. I've done five studies so far. I got 10 more in the queue to get ready to go. Again, I just do public studies. I'm not selling services for this. Eventually, I will stop doing this when I stop learning. Here's what I know. Of the five studies so far, on average, we see gains from personalizing creative using only contextual signal on average plus 195%, plus 3x. 
if you came to me and said, Greg, I could take a small bit of your business and I could double or triple it, I would clear my calendar for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. I would tell the staff to stop working on anything else they were doing, and we would focus on that and only that. That's what I know now. That's how powerful AI is. It's that big a deal. And this is, I've just gotten started. We still haven't, we saw one study go up to almost 4X. And I, and, I, and I don't even think we're really doing because we're not doing really even real generative AI. We're doing kind of a, it's a variation of a DCO uh, using uh, machine learning techniques called uh, one-hot encoding and K-modes clustering, which, by the way, I only vaguely understand because I looked those up. I'm not the AI expert, but I have teams of people around me who are figuring this stuff out. It's a very big deal. You need to double down and go after AI. It is the biggest place to capture competitive advantage, I, I think, today. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but I think the one thing I found when it comes to AI, it's like oh. when um, automation came out first, right? It's like a whole yeah. different, maybe that if you're a doctor, somebody out there don't, you know, hold my feet to the fire, but it feels like it's a whole different part of your brain than like creating content or podcasting. But like, you have to think about how things work, how, you know, everything works together. It's very different yeah. from doing a podcast or having a conversation. So AI seems to be kind of falling into that same camp, right? You have to think about where do I use it? How do I use it? Where does it make sense? Where yeah. it doesn't make sense? Or, or how do you think about that? I mean, so we're actually working now with the professors doing the work on marketing org I sort of referenced earlier. We're now figuring out, too, how do you uh, CMO ingest AI into the organization effectively and what is a framework for doing that? Because it helps structure your thinking. You're better to execute pilots and assess yourself and then iterate on that if you've got frameworks. I mean, I think there's three basic uses that we're looking at today. One is efficiency driving, which is around the content creative dynamic I think you're sort of talked about. One is about marketing productivity, which is really going to exist in the example that I gave around better placement of personalized ads. And then I think the third one's game changing. And I've not seen any game changing, but it's out there. In the same way that remember when we had this device, right? Nobody saw Uber coming with this thing. And yet Uber not only transformed transportation, but also transferred my expectation on every other company. I wanna know what the damn car is and I wanna know when it's gonna be there. So apply that to your business, right? So yeah, we have a we we have a we still have a ways to go, but I think it's gonna happen really fast here. Live TV in action. A comment on YouTube I tried to delete and I put it on the screen. My apologies, my friends. Oh, what, but I, 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 I couldn't see what it said. What did it say? Anything funny? Big Daddy Bane is here. I don't know what that means, but it's no, definitely big not. I love Big Daddy. I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, Greg, unfortunately, I mean, this has been a blast. Okay. We're already out of time. Um, really a lot of great insights that you've shared. And I think people should check out your website, MMAglobal.com. Um, tell us, like, do people join the association or how does that work? How, how yeah, do they get I mean, connected? Listen, most of our stuff is made public at some point. So, you know, come to our conferences, come to our events, look on our website, find our stuff. Or if, if you want to be a member of the, of the MMA and work with us, marketers and other companies can do that. So just reach out to me, Greg, at MMAglobal.com. Or, I mean, I'm, pre I'm pretty easy to find online. You've looked at my LinkedIn profile, you'll find my personal email address, whatever you need. It's all good. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review The Business Storytelling Show on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.